Hey, this is Micah. Hey, it's Kelly. And I'm Charles. And uh, this is another episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Podcast, where we like to talk about movies, good, bad, and ugly. I thought we went off the air. What what happened to us? Did we get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Nobody called and complained, so I'm not really... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that makes me kind of sad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we do have to address that we were on a month hiatus. Uh, our last episode was March 18th. And, of course, this is now April 14th. And, uh, sorry, but we're back! Yes, we are! It's a tagline for a movie. (laughs) So, uh, today uh, is Charles's pick. I thought you were going to say my birthday! (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is. is. You guys remember my pick from last time, right? It's Mel Brooks movies. Movies that Mel Brooks directed. Okay. Yes. So. Wrote some he wrote some he directed some he, he started. started yeah actually all of these he yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it was uh, no particular order uh, life stinks history of the world part one and young Frankenstein all right which one do you guys want to start with my good bad or ugly pick you know what I'm most curious about the ugly because I have no idea what that one's yeah, gonna be yeah I re- I don't either let's let's start with that one and before, I think that one's gonna be the surprise before we start can I also say have you guys seen all these films? Had you seen them before I picked them, or is this the first time for you? Two of them. Which which two had you no, seen? No, no, no. I'd seen all three. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Kelly? No, I had only seen Young Frankenstein, okay. so the other two were new to me. Okay. So, you have no idea what my ugly pick's going to be? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I honestly, I feel like I know which one your good one is, but the other two, to me, are kind of on the same level, so I it could go either way. That's telling, that's telling. <laughs> um, well, my ugly pick is... History of the World Part 1. Okay. That's what I was going to wager better. So, let's do a little synopsis. It's a movie. It's a movie about... It's it's several, like, vignettes. It's kind yeah. of... It is truly the history of the world. Right, it's not a complete caveman. story. It's yeah. like a little short stories, like you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Mel Brooks appears in, like, three of them, I think. He, mm-hmm. But the main one... Uh, so, it starts out with, like, caveman and all that. And they're all kind of, like, just comedic takes on you know big famous events throughout history and uh the main one is probably the one during the roman times right where mel brooks plays a stand-up comedian yeah Yeah, that one i think is the one that lasts the longest yeah and he's he uh he plays at caesar's palace which is actually caesar's truly the person there and yeah um so comicus comicus yeah comicus yeah and so (laughs) yeah i mean this is one of those movies that I laugh at it throughout the thing, but it's so bizarre, and so many times it falls flat to me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, but you got to say this: Mel Brooks is, you know, he's kind of the king of spoofs. I mean, that's what most of his films were, right? And this one just really felt like it was trying to offend everyone. <laughs> like it really did. There's yes. stuff in there. I mean, even though this movie totally. was in '81 or '80, I don't know the year, but um, uh, yeah, 1981. '81. So. Even though this movie is more than 30 years old, I mean, it's still offensive in a lot of Extremely scenes. Extremely offensive. If not yeah. more so in certain circumstances. Like like the portrayal of, uh, of you know, Caesar as being effeminate and his, his kind of side person. I'm right. like, whoa, this is not going to fly. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's ugly because there's so many good, funny moments. But then it turns around, there's a really, like, awkward moment. I'm like, huh. To me, that is that statement could apply to most Mel Brooks movies, in my opinion, which is why I struggled to choose which one was going to be your bad and which one was going to be your ugly. Because his sense of humor is so 
off color and it's like people making silly faces and getting hit in the groin and you know well, I, I, silly is a good way to describe it but I, I i do feel like this movie goes a step off the deep end like it just it does like like you know the whole uh, spanish inquisition thing and they did that musical which i love the song it's catchy it's, it's <laughs> yeah. it is a great it's one of the great moments mm-hmm. in it but yeah that's pretty over the top. I mean, to make I a comedy like about that. He goes out of his way to be offensive in it. You know, yeah. whereas other movies, uh, he's offensive in a, you know, trying to just get a joke. But he he goes out of his way to say, I am really want to step on some toes. Mm-hmm. In fact, the back of the DVD says, you know, everyone will be offended. It's true. <laughs> I, I think that's the actual words. Everyone will be offended. It's, so that's what they were going for. Even in the very opening scene, I was like, okay, all right, yeah. so, so here's how this is going to be. You kind of know if you're going to like the movie from the opening scene, just how <laughs> it starts. And that's Sid Caesar in the beginning, and that stuff's really silly. I mean, that's like pure, like almost vaudeville type stuff in the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels kind of classic, even though it's like really lewd, mm-hmm. which is, that's kind of Mel Brooks' charm in a nutshell right, right there, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I just, it just, out of all of his films that he directed, he only directed 12 this was just the one that really, I was like, really hit or miss on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it does have funny, memorable parts, like, you know, in the French Revolution. It's good to be the king. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's something that he carries over to his other movies. So, you know, it's kind but, of. But, okay, but then in that same that same setting, that whole, like, orgy thing on the court or whatever. Oh, That the, was yeah. just bizarre where he's, just... like, diving into the pool of people. I'm like, well, it's funny, but it's kind of weird. And... Right? It's, yeah, it's just, it's like. I don't you, you you're watching the movie going I, I don't know if this is funny and I don't want to be watching a comedy trying to figure out if it's funny or not you know right so what would you guys any other Mel Brooks movies you would have picked as ugly I mean obviously Kelly if you haven't seen a lot of them <laughs> I, I haven't seen a lot of them but but to me they're all like I, that sense of humor is just not 100% always to my taste and so to me like most of them I would describe as ugly but they, but like you said they have their their good moments so I would say, because just like Kelly said, that statement that you said could apply to all Mel Brooks movies is that there are times where you're laughing and there's times where you're going, I don't know if that's funny or not, or I don't know if that's offensive. And I would say for my ugly, uh, maybe Robin Hood Men in Tights, because I saw that recently. And it doesn't hold up. It just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, there's funny parts in it, but there's parts that you kind of scratching your head going... Are you, what is, <laughs> why? Why, Mel? Why? Are you, that, <laughs> that's just stupid, you know? Um, okay, well. I think with Mel Brooks, too, just in general, he doesn't know when to drop it. Yeah. Was he was on Bill Maher recently on, you know, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and Bill Maher couldn't get him to stop talking long enough to even ask him questions. Like, yeah. he kept trying to, like, perform to the audience, and the guy's, he's in his 80s at least, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. He just did a, a new stand-up routine thing, too. So wow. he's not going to stop. And, and I, you know, I like the, I, I think he's awesome, but mm-hmm. this movie's pretty ugly for me. Actually. Yeah. He's creeping up on 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's 89. All right. Well, um, do you guys want to move on to my next pick? Yeah, sure. Well, which one do you want to go for good or bad? Let's, uh, let's do the good one. What do you think, Micah? Yeah, I'm good with good. So, uh, which one do you think my good one is? Young Frankenstein. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be. No, you guys are wrong. No, it is. It is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it is Young Frankenstein. And here's the thing. We don't do ties on the show, right? Like it has to be one because 
it's really Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, and I I, I have a hard time okay, I have a hard time saying which one is which. Uh-huh. Now, depending on what day you ask me, Blazing Saddles, I feel like he hit the right tone. Like he, it yeah. wasn't like is it funny mm-hmm. or not funny, and the whole thing is offensive. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's always just on the side of being funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fine line to tread. <laughs> but Young Frankenstein. I, I, again, young, you know, Young Frankenstein is to me his best parody. I think it's it's a classic send up of, of classic Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's I, I just I, there's so many funny things, and it's also the one that's probably the least offensive out of all of his movies. I mean, I mean, you go to the producers, but even that was somewhat suggestive. But the, the Young Frankenstein is really trying to be a monster movie from the 30s. Mm-hmm. I and that right there is why mm-hmm. I like it and I don't like most Mel, Mel, other Mel Brooks movies but I do like Young Frankenstein because for one thing I love you know old classic cinema and so I like the throwback to it but at this but you know it it just it was funny it was clever I think they had a lot of the same props from that lab too like that's actually mm-hmm. from the movie mm-hmm. Frankenstein a lot of the stuff they had that's cool yeah that. it was it was the uh the uh, set designer for Frankenstein, who was originally uncredited back in the 30s, uh, Mel Brooks somehow tracked him down and, you know, so and said, well, we would love for you to come and, you know, kind of give us some pointers. And the guy actually said, I can't remember the guy's name now. I'll look it up. Uh, he actually said, you know what? I got all that stuff in storage. You want it? And so they just about freaked out and said, absolutely. So that, yeah, that stuff is the actual set right? Uh, from Frankenstein, from 1930 Frankenstein. That's awesome. Um, I just, I, I, yeah, I mean, the set's great. The cinematography's great. Uh, I love all of the performances. Uh, Peter Boyle as the, as the monster. Yeah, he's great. That, I, 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 that's just such a great role for him. Gene Hackman. So let me just say, yeah, Gene Hackman makes a fun, no, funny cameo. No, Gene but... Wilder. Oh my goodness, Michael, you're rubbing off on me. No, but Gene what Hackman's is... in it too. I know, but Gene Wilder's who I'm in. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> Jeff, forget Gene Hackman's in it as the blind per- the blind man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gene Hackman's the blind man. Okay. I'm I knew like, where you I'm were like, going. I'm like, don't go along you... with me. I knew where you were going, even if you didn't. Don't go along with me, yeah. Michael, because I'm wrong. But let me just say, I'm the person who stole the show in this one was marty feldman yes he was just i mean he was hands down my favorite part of the movie in fact all the funny parts i mean i i like the movie i'm not saying i don't like the movie but the most funny parts the funniest parts were marty feldman like when he <laughs> when madeline khan is first arrives and he says help me with the bags he said that's a great idea. You take the blonde. I'll take the one in the turban. And then yeah. he, he kind of barks at her and she looks at him and he bites her. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. No, I do. I was going to say Gene Wilder, I think. Gene Wilder is amazing. amazing yes, <laughs> he's amazing. Gene yes. Hackman is too, though. Gene Hackman's scene is really great. And but, you know what's also good about this? It's not just like a, it's not just a parody of Frankenstein. It's a parody of the sequels as well. I mean, that scene happened in Bride of Frankenstein, the blind man and all that. It's like they're taking all these kind of things and making their own Frankenstein movie. Right. They're Frankensteining it. It's really cool. I, I you know, the if Frankenstein you're Frankenstein if you're a fan of those films, you'll appreciate all the little nods mm-hmm. to things they did. Well, that's what I feel like Young Frankenstein was. It was just a total homage to um, that that style. Yeah, maybe more of an homage than a parody. But it would, I, I don't know. Again, I, I like all the jokes land. <laughs> it's really the whole thing with like the, every time they say her name. 
uh, what's her name? Uh, Cloris Leachman's character. Frau Blucher. Yeah. Every time Frau they say Blucher. the horse's name, even if they're inside, you hear them. That, yeah. There's just a bunch of running gags that crack me up. Yes. Or the, the, uh-huh. the Abby normal. Abby something. <laughs> Abby, Abby. Abby Did you put an abnormal brain? Uh, I and don't the know. hump switching. Yes, yes. That it's... was, let me say this. That was actually ad lib from Marty Feldman. He did that a couple of times just to prank the uh, the cast, and they didn't catch on for a, for a couple of days. They didn't catch on until finally they were looking at dailies and said, his hump is moving around, <laughs> and so they kept it in. It's That's way cool. funnier that way. I love when, when you catch little improv moments like uh-huh. that. Are, I guess I just like how Gene, Gene uh, Wilder, like every time he gets like super mad at him when they're trying to get, like the, the monster's choking him, and they can't guess what he's trying to say, and then he uh-huh. screams at him at the end. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I, I love how just upset he gets. and It's not even the lines he said. Said I give? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or when he's a teacher in the beginning and all that. A professor Stabbed himself with a scalpel. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it's just his face has cracked me up. Uh, again, I, I think I personally think Gene Wilder was the highlight of the show. Marty Feldman is too. Um, but what's well, like um, in um, a couple of weeks ago, months, whatever, we were talking about uh, the dark comedies, and you know, my pick was uh, Doctor Strangelove, and I said how uh, one thing that um, this is called Dead Space. <laughs> One thing that Kubrick did really well was he got a good performance out of his actors. But Gene Wilder, he like cranked it up for that on his own. And because I, I read interviews about it and that was all Gene Wilder. That wasn't Mel Brooks. That was Gene Wilder. Right yeah. There. Yeah. I, I heard he like fought for the role too, right? Or was that Young Frankenstein? Or no, no. Was that uh, Blazing Saddles? I don't remember which one he fought for, but. Blazing Saddles, he did Blazing Saddles. And then he actually said, if I do Blazing Saddles, you know, if we, if we do this, I got an idea that I want you to do next. And that idea was Young Frankenstein. Oh, So it's actually Gene Wilder's baby. By the way, Mel they came out in the same year, by the way, 74. That was a big year. 74 was so, big for Mel Brooks, yeah. It really was. So, And again, I, I, you know, depending on what day you asked me, Blazing Saddles would have been it, but I just, I think I like Young Frankenstein more. Uh, would you guys have picked anything else out of Mel Brooks for good? Nope. This is um, your favorite? Yep, totally agree. Blazing Saddles. All Blazing Saddles would be mine all the way, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just so, I mean, there's so many quotable lines, which we can't even say on <laughs> on our show. But, I, yeah, I but agree. But there's, it's, it's just, it's, it's classic because it's, it's offensive, but it's funny. Everybody can laugh at it, you know, especially removed yeah. for so long. And back then in the, you know, in the heat of that, that time, it was still a real, real great social commentary but it wasn't in the time you they were able to say you know oh this is the old west and but they were basically saying this is what a lot of america is like right now uh-huh. how you know a, a, a black man comes in as authority and he's treated like this even though he's the authority figure yeah it's kind of like in the heat of the night but funny yeah, it's a, yeah well, that's a good tagline there all right let's uh, let's move on to our next uh, movie here which of course is my bad one which of course is life stinks Mm-hmm. This is the oh. oddball on his filmography, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a parody film. It's it's almost a romantic comedy to a, in a sense. Yeah, I it's like um, it. it's just bizarre. Um, Knowing this, Mel Brooks, it's bizarre. It's yeah. okay. So the synopsis of this one is that he's a really rich billionaire with the, even the evil kind of mustache and all that, and. He wants to develop this kind of 
you know, this neighborhood, redevelop it, tear it down, develop it into like stuff for him, make it a lot of money off of it. And Jeffrey Tambor plays another rich billionaire and they kind of wage a bet that if Mel Brooks can live in that place for 30 days without his money, without his name, then Jeffrey Tambor will concede and give it all to him to let him do what he wants to with it without biting him on it. And so Mel Brooks takes him on and he's dropped off in the middle of this place and has to just basically feed for himself and be a homeless person for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, one of the first things they do is they they shave his mustache off, they pull off his toupee and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's it just, it's such a weird film. It's 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 a Mel Brooks knockoff of Trading Places. I thought the Wait, same thing. Was it Trading Spaces? Trading Places. No, one trading of the, Spaces one was of the TLC TV show. show. Yeah, one of the show. <laughs> trading Places with Eddie Murphy. And Dan Aykroyd uh-huh. and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you're right. It is a, a knockoff. It really is. It's like, it's, it's almost like, but it's not a parody. It's like, I, I just feel like it's a straight up knockoff. And it's not, it's not even that funny because it, it, it's more sad in parts. I know he's, maybe he's trying to do more of a social commentary, but I, I don't know. It's like he falls in love with one of the, the women, the homeless woman with him. And another, one of the, the homeless people he becomes friends with, they die and it's a sad moment. And uh, you know, and, and the thing is, they kind of, I know they obviously couldn't show all 30 days in real time. I'm not saying they should have, but they do skim over a lot of it. Like, it jumps from, like, day two, and suddenly he's on, oh, it's my last hours, if I could just make it, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, I mean, really, they, yeah. I feel like there's, like, weeks that they skipped. Yeah, that's right. true. They, something that I, I was totally bamboozled by was, so I'm watching it, he meets the homeless woman, she comes... Roaring under the screen, waving a trash can lid, and uh, like, who is this woman? She looks so familiar. And then it struck me that she played Cinderella in the Rodgers and Hammerstein's version of Cinderella in the 60s. Really? Yeah. Yes. And that is the only other thing I've ever seen her in, and I was like, oh my gosh. I had to do a, because that was driving me crazy yeah. too, I had to do an IMDb search, and she was also in Clue. <laughs> oh, That's where I know her from, oh, yeah. the 80s Clue. I love Clue. It was so bizarre to me. I'm like, Leslie and Warren, how far you've fallen? Why are you doing this? I feel like this was almost like um, a Mel Brooks conscious movie. Like his conscience was getting the best of him. And he's like, I want to do something good and for society. I, I don't know if this is, that's weird to say, but, and so he did this and, you know, it has a good message and, you know, but it also at the same time was a little bit of a Mel Mel Brooks ego trip. Yeah. And the fact that he wrote it, he directed it, he stars in it. And it's all about him being a, becoming a generous man. You know what I mean? Instead of like him being like a supporting character, like in, you know, Blazing Saddles and all that. He's, he's the main character. I mean, it's most, it's kind of like Castaway from Mel Brooks too, because he's, he's like in the movie Mm -hmm. in this, you know, strange place trying to figure out how to live. And, and it's right. a lot of it's just him for you know a big chunk of it, and so true. Well, um, I would. Uh, here's one thing that I was thinking about, and I wrote it down here is that honestly, I think that the story itself, if you know, Mel Brooks could even if Mel Brooks just was the writer, if like a director, like I wrote down some name, John Hughes or Frank Oz, um, and recast Mel Brooks with Steve Martin or John Cleese. Guys like that, I think it would have worked better. And I'm even putting it in the night in 1991. You know, in that time yeah. period, that's why I picked those directors, those actors. Um, I think that it would have been not a great movie, but an okay movie. But I know? mean, but again, to your point though, it worked with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, 
I mean, they were, you know, Dan Aykroyd is playing a similar character, kind of a rich snob, and and then you have the he two gets older... gets picked up yeah, by a... A prostitute. Yeah, he gets picked up by a prostitute. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a, it's a very similar... Again, we said it's a knockoff, but it worked in that context, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years earlier. The only thing it didn't have, it didn't have the Eddie Murphy part. Yeah. You know? It was like, it was falling... It was basically, it was... Trading places, well, you know, with and, and just you know, in there. Eddie company. Murphy was basically kind of the eyes of the audience too. I mean, mm-hmm. in that sense, like you, you can identify with his character. You can't really identify with Dan Aykroyd, and you can't identify the old man. You know, and that's what Mel Brooks was missing. He doesn't. There's no. There's no way for the audience to actually connect to what he's trying to say right. to it. Can other than him, to the 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 dance scene with Leslie and Warren in like the. What was that? Like a rag factory? factory? Okay, uh, okay, hold on, hold on. I knew this was gonna come up. (laughs) I want to say this though. That was you guys may have hated it, but that was one of the scenes in the movie where I was like, okay, this is this is a. I love the way this is shot. It does not belong in this movie. It was it was it was well done. But I I actually really enjoyed it. I just wish it was in a different movie. Yeah. Like I kind of went, okay, this is what if Mel Brooks had made a movie that was you know from the '30s or the '40s. Like Fred Astaire or something like that. Yeah. This is what that scene works. It was kind of whimsical and all of that. But it's in this bad comedy mm-hmm. and it just doesn't fit. But the scene is actually really good. And I, I actually, I could see that character, Mel Brooks, could play that. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I really did enjoy it. He looked the part. She looked the part. It was great. Well, to me, they, they just, it was like their way to sneak in there, Leslie Warren's you know, dancing, singing, songstress background. Yeah. Like, oh, in case you forgot who she was, here she is. Look how well she can dance. She's so graceful. Yeah. But I, mean, I really did enjoy that scene. It was one of the scenes that really stuck out to me. Like, the rest of it, again, I they cut out weeks and weeks, and it was all just kind of this weird blur, but that scene stuck out, you know? I guess if, more, if the movie had been more like that, I would have probably really enjoyed it. But, all right, well, I guess we're I pretty much I don't have any other uh, bad movie. I mean, I think this is probably... I haven't seen all of his movies, so I can't be fair about it, but because it's so different, because Mel Brooks is known for spoofs, parodies, this is not. Right. And it's too odd to be in the Mel Brooks game. Right. And, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's a it's very bizarre movie. So, and I'll, here's a shocker. I don't actually like the producers. I don't either. I, I just don't. I've never seen the producers. It's... Yeah, I, man, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I thought I was in the minority on no, that one. No, I know I, it's a huge thing. It was was his first move? No, it was either that or the Twelve Chairs. I don't remember which one oh, is I producers. Yeah, yeah, but I just don't like it, and I don't like the I don't like the remake either. I haven't seen it on Broadway, but that the remake was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, I don't know why every because it, it gets so much hype, both the it original does. and the, the remake. It really does. So, so I mean, I hate so to great. end the movie on a, or the podcast on a weird note, but that's, I really just want to say, like, I just don't like the producers that much because mm-hmm. I'm sure some people would have thought I would have picked the producers as my best one. And it's like I just can't. It's really a tie between Younger Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're out of time for that. Um, so, do you have something to say? You want to say, Mike? I was just gonna say, which one do you think is the most popular Mel Brooks movie? Which one do you think is the one that everybody says, "Oh, you know what?" Nowadays, I'm, I would probably say like Men in Tights. Like that's the one a lot of people reference. I would say uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs, yeah, that's true too. Oh. So I would have said Young Frankenstein. I feel like I know a lot of people who, are, I, who love Young Frankenstein. But I know a lot of people that haven't seen that or Blazing Saddles. Really? Yeah. It's like, you, when be? you ask people nowadays, it's like the one I hear about is Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the age range. Maybe they, it was, they were kids in the 90s or whatever and they saw it. But huh. Well, and also, you know, there's a lot of talk right now because um, Mel Brooks has gone on saying that he wants to do like he's 
in works of doing at 89 years old Spaceballs 2. Yeah, Whoa. so I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I kind of want to do a sequel to History of the World Part 1. He promises a sequel. History of the World Part 2? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Speaking of, we'll see. What were we doing next week? It's your choice, Micah. It is my choice. <laughs> Yay. Woo-hoo. All right, so what's your... Oh, yeah, so this is... I think I know where you're going to go with this. Before, before we get to my choice, though, okay. before we get to my choice, um, let's uh, do a little housekeeping here. We have a iTunes, so make sure if you're not listening to us on iTunes, check us out on iTunes, our RSS feed. Uh, what do they need to search? Good Bad Podcast with no spaces, just Good Bad Podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we're right there on iTunes. Please support us there. By the way, this is our 10th episode officially, our if tenth. you don't count the special many ones, but 10 episodes in and we're going Hold up strong. your celebratory glass of I've Got Nothing. That's I had best. one little drop in there. <laughs> <laughs> I have one little drop of water. That's it. I was going to say the best podcast ever. You listen to us drink. And then, and then I looked over and Micah's actually drinking nothing. He's he's faking drinking for an audio episode. Whatever. That's cool. I have a very distinctive swallow. So, uh, so check us out on iTunes. Also, check out um, more of uh, the It's Just Awesome website. All three of us post reviews on here. Uh, old movies, some classic movies. Um, we've got some new movies. Uh, Charles and Allison actually just went to South by Southwest, so they we got did. a ton. And thanks to Allison, I, I'm watching a TV show now because of one of her reviews. Yeah, Last Man on Earth. Yeah, awesome show. I still haven't caught it. I but credit Allison for it. Yeah, no, the, the the reviews are great. Like she's she gets a lot of tweets from famous people yeah. on on uh, her um, small screen spotlight on Twitter. Yep. Like it's pretty cool because she'll tweet awesome. them. She'll be like, "I love the show," and they'll write back and retweet right. it. So well, pretty cool. Now we're doing some great stuff on it's just awesome. We're gonna be adding some more stuff. Yes. Come the summer months, we're gonna Charles and I are gonna do a video. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go on YouTube. I mean, we got some exciting stuff happening. Heck yeah! And um, all right, so check us out. So moving forward. So moving forward, um, May first is going to be a big day for me because he's getting married. No, <laughs> again, uh, she'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> That's May 1st true. is the uh, release date for Avengers Age of Ultron. In celebration, in celebration of that, my pick is Marvel Comics Movies. Oh, nice. Not DC, not superhero. Not DC, and not, yeah, it's, it's very specific. It's not DC movies, it's not superhero movies, it's not comic book movies. It is the Marvel comic franchise movies. Okay. I like it. So, so uh, like Batman and Superman and... They're out. Okay. <laughs> They're DC. Just kidding, just kidding. Turn off your mic right now. Okay. <laughs> so most. my picks, my picks are, in no particular order, Captain America Winter Soldier, 2014, uh fantastic four from 1992 94 94 okay sorry 1994 and uh spider-man 3 from 2007 and uh let me go ahead and say that if you would like uh to get captain america or spider-man 3 you can find them on itunes uh and if you would like to see fantastic four the only place to see it is on youtube you have to type in fantastic four parentheses 1994 and it it's and it's free. perfectly legal. It's perfectly legal. Murky area. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, Just it to was, let you know, that's the only place you. Because I don't think it was ever officially released. 
So don't watch the 2005 Jessica Alba version. It is not that version. No. Yeah, yeah. this is from the 90s. It's Roger Corman to, produced. Roger Corman. You only can see it on YouTube. YouTube right now. Yeah. Go and see it right now, immediately, <laughs> before they take it down if they hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's the I'm end sure of the episode. I'm sure they're listening. Yeah, everybody does, Micah. <laughs> that's the end of the episode, so. Yeah, they were one of the first to send us a uh, hate mail. <laughs> Where are you guys? We miss you. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Well, again, that's the end of our episode, our 10th episode. <laughs> we made it. I'm going to drink for real. Mm. Sweet tea. And that's what we call good radio. That's okay, right. thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks.